Hello and welcome to Felsafe Fitness Golf Show. My name is Michael Joshua. I am your host and owner of Felsafe Fitness Limited. It's going to be a quick shop show once again this week. There's been some interesting news stories that I want to get into and obviously some news about what I can do for your game as well. Also, there's going to be a little putting tip at the end. Uh, so let's crack into it, shall we? Um, first up, let's talk about what's going on in the world of golf in terms of where they're going to be. Uh, this weekend, um, it's the AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach on the PGA Tour. Both the LPGA, LET and Live, all three of those are, of course, not playing this week, unfortunately. Um, and the DP World Tour is going to be at the Bahrain Championship, of course, in Bahrain. And as, as traditional with the start of the European Tour season, it's in much sunnier climes than Europe, which is pretty dreary at the minute in terms of rain and wind, etc., etc. So that's what's going on with the professional tournaments. Um, talking of what I can do for you and what offers are going to be available. So obviously all the way through January, I have been doing a buy one, get one free. And if you are recommended by anyone who's already a client, uh, a student of mine in the golf performance world, you will get half of whatever they book for free. That, of course, has now ended, unfortunately. Um, but February, three for two is back. So three for two, 20 pounds an hour, 40 pounds for three hours. You can have two 90-minute sessions. You can have three one-hour sessions. You can have one three-hour session. Depending on how good or how bad you are, and how much you want to work on at a time, we can go through your entire game in a three-hour session. For three hours for the price of two, £20 an hour, £40 for a three for two is going to be available for the entire 28 days of February. So from the 1st of February right the way to midnight the 28th, you will be able to get three for two available on the website. Or if you book via email or ring me, via the details in the description and available on the website and every bio link imaginable. So that is what I'm going to be offering us throughout February personally for the golf performance. And also, if you are in the region of Higley Hall Golf Club, yes, the golf club is currently closed at the minute. We do have a course that is built on clay, so it is still very, very wet. We can't actually barely walk around the course, let alone get anything machinery-wise out there to do anything about the course at the minute. But if you are anywhere in the vicinity of Himley Hall Golf Centre and you still do want to play golf, but you don't want to trudge around in this horrible, stinky mud that the UK seems to be covered with at the minute, then I am offering uh, £20 an hour for Sim Golf. So you may have seen on my Instagram the lessons that I'm doing in the net at Himley Hall. Basically, my simulator will allow me to allow you to play wherever the hell you want. I have over 60,000 golf courses available. You can come and play St. Andrews. You can play Dubai. 
you can play wherever you like. You can even play in Augusta now. That's actually on there. It's, I think it's an old version of Augusta, but Augusta is on there. So if you want to come and play Sim Golf, one to four players, it is still the same price. It is £20 per hour. And trust me, one player, you can probably get round a full round of golf in under an hour for one person. So if there's four of you, I'd probably say two hours. That's 40 quid. You can come and have a laugh. You can come and do whatever you like. You can have a little long-range driving competition at the end if you want. Anything like that, we can do sim golf for £20 an hour. That's £5 each if you're in a four ball. So think about this. While you're going and playing £15, £20, £30 for a round of golf out on Mud Island, you could be sat nicely having a coffee and something to eat from the wonderful cafe at Himmy Hall Golf Centre. And you could be playing sim golf in the relatively dry conditions and not having to walk hundreds of yards being covered in mud at the end of it. Might be a little bit getting to and from the range, but not as much as you would if you were actually playing golf. So sim facilities are available, £20 an hour. That's £5 per person. If you're going to play in a four ball, please get in touch to book your sessions. And that's by phone or email, please. So that's what I can do for you. That's what I'm up to uh, throughout February. Uh, and that's what the professionals are going to be up to this week. So let's get into your little fitness tip of the week. Now, this is something I think a lot of people struggle with their hips, especially as we get older, we sit a lot. And as we, especially when we retire, we sit a lot more. So those hips get very stiff and very static. So what this is called, it's called the pigeon pose. I will put a post on the website. So Felsey Fitness, uh, .weebly.com I will put a link a video to the pigeon pose um, and I will also put it up on Instagram and Facebook as well so this little pigeon pose you can do it standing up you can do it sitting down you can do it on the floor different variations work the same kind of muscles they're going to help to stretch your hips allow you some more freedom and that's the problem we have got very stiff hips the fluidity of being able to turn your hips, turn into your right hip as a, as a right-handed golfer and out into your left hip to help. I mean, once you've got that rotation in the hips, you tend to find that people tend to flow very easily with a golf club. But when they're very static at the hips, it's very snatchy with the arms. And that's when the club gets thrown left with an open face uh, and you, or gets thrown left with a closed face and it's a snap hook or... A terrible slice so being able to rotate your hips in a golf swing very 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 important and this pigeon pose is going to help you do that it's going to take some work but if you do this pose for three to six weeks you are going to see some definite mobility differences in your lower half of your body i will put that pose up and i'll put all the video links up in the description as well thank you very much that's your fitness tip for this week if you're playing if you're a golfer let's get into the news then interesting news this week something that caught my eye um a certain anthony kim so for the last 12 years anthony kim has largely 
existed through hearsay. Um, you know, he was a shining star. Uh, the Americans retreat from the spotlight to complete obscurity become one of the most fascinating tales ever told. Uh, in 2006, he turned pro. He was always destined for big things. He's Oklahoma graduate, starred in the winning U.S. Cup team in 2005, turned pro 12 months later. Tied for second in his first pro start at the Valero Texas Open. Uh, 2008, took him another two years to get over, finally get over the line and win, his, win the PGA Tour. Uh, PGA Tour win was at the uh, Wachova Championship, where he outplayed the field and won by five shots. Uh, and rose to 16th in the world. In 2008, uh, he won his second PGA Tour crown in just a month as he won the AT&T National. Um, he just won Tiger Woods event, storming off for the title of the final round 65, which ensured his place on the Ryder Cup team. And he obviously played in that Ryder Cup team at Valhalla, uh, he hammered Sergio Garcia five and four in the Sunday singles and was a lively figure in Paul Azinger's American side. Um, and he was made for golf's biggest stages. Um, April 2009, he might not be a major champion, but Anthony Kim still holds a remarkable Masters record. In the 2009 tournament, he made 11 birdies in a single round during his 7 under 65. The highest, highest major finish will be third at Augusta the following year. 2010, he had his last victory. Before injuries derailed his hopes of a Ryder Cup place, Kim was flying high with a victory at the Shell Houston Open. He joined a select group of players to have won three PGA titles before the age of 25. Uh, and there still aren't that many now, believe it or not. Um, at that age, nobody could have predicted what that would have been his last. And then just two years later, six years after turning pro, 2012, Kim missed the cut of the 2011 PGA Championship and it was the last major he would play following a series of withdrawals in early 2012 due to injury problems. His last competitive start um, was at the, actually at the Wells Fargo Championship. And he retired after just one round at Quail Hollow. Um, and he was taking five months off for tendonitis. He had surgery in the June on that tendonitis. And then two years later, in April 2014, he had decided not to play golf anymore. And that's it. That's been he's been disappearing, disappeared since then. So Anthony Kim, that was his career. Um, I know of the guy because I watched a little bit of golf, played the games. Obviously, he was in the games, the PGA Tour games at the time. Um, <clears throat> And he was a massive, massive talent. And obviously the, the injury that he had to his elbow and the surgery that he had, he just fell out of love with golf. He made some money and he's gone into obscurity. But now there's a rumor that the PGA Tour would welcome him back if he could qualify onto it. But there's also the biggest rumor is that court documents released two years ago during Liv's Golf Legal Battle showed that Kim was one of 179 individuals or organizations to have held discussions relating to the Saudi-funded circuits in September 2019. 
So there's a big rumour that Anthony Kim could come back and play at Liv, which would make a lot of sense. I started to think competitive PGA Tour or four, you know, 35 events a year, having to play at least 15 or 20. Um, and him getting on the tour would take another couple of years. And he hasn't played golf, really, I don't think, for the last 12 years. So going to live, he would probably still outdo half the Majestic team. No, sorry, Ian, Westy, Henrik, but Sam. But I think, you know, he's a young enough to still compete. Uh, and in that live category of golf where it kind of doesn't really matter, but it does matter. I think Kim has a very uh, good chance of being able to carve a career. And if they, the opportunity comes along where you need to win an event or, you know, if you're an event winner or you're in the top 10, you get to go into the majors at some point with a deal with the PGA Tour, then I think that could be a good way for Kim to come back into the sport. It'd be nice. I mean, he was a great guy. He played a lot of good golf when he did. But, you know, just six years as a pro before injuries hit. And then after eight years, he was done. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, and talking of players making big decisions, um, the very young Nick Dunlap, five days after etching his name into the history books as the American Express winner, Nick Dunlap made his mind up. The 20-year-old became the first amateur to win on the PGA Tour since Phil Mickelson in 1991. Uh, with entry into this season's signature events and immediate reward of triumph, Dunlap believes that this is an opportunity too good for him to turn down. And in a very emotional press conference, uh, the Alabama sophomore announced he will turn professional and take up PGA Tour membership through 2026. So obviously winning the American Express has given exemptions for two years on the PGA Tour. So he had two years left of college. He's decided to quit college and... He's proved himself against the very best in the world on the PGA Tour, and he wants to get back at it. And uh, a tearful Dunlop said he wants to say thanks for choosing the University of Alabama. It was the greatest decision he ever made. He's grown as a person and as a player since Coach Seawall first recruited him. Um, he thanked his parents for all the ups and downs that he'd had, but he said he can't look away. Uh, as a result, he earned invitations to the Masters of PGA and the US Open. Um, and he said, I didn't want to play for anyone else or anywhere else. The PGA Tour was where he wanted to be. And he will make his full professional debut where he can actually earn money. Because as an amateur, he won the American Express, but he had to turn down a check of $1.5 million dollars. Uh, for winning that event. He had to turn that down as an amateur. He couldn't accept it. So he makes his actual full professional debut at the AT&T Pebble Beach, which starts February 1st. That's a good news story for me because the, the lad is really, really good. Um, and the other news story that caught my eye this week was... Uh, Lexi Thompson makes a surprising equipment change for 2024. Um, we all know Lexi Thompson. She's a, a great 
American golfer. Um, she generally uses the brand's latest clubs from Cobra. Um, she's used Cobra since 2010 and has worn Puma apparel for the same amount of time because Cobra and Puma are intertwined. Um, but Thompson has split with Bridgestone in December. Um, and now we know why. So Maxfly is a company, a ball, that is made by Dick Sporting Goods in America. Uh, she turned around and said, uh, I've been testing the Maxfly Tour Series for a few months. The Maxfly Tour Ball exceeded my expectations. It fits my game really well. Increasing my ball speed without sacrificing some control. And I'm excited to be joining forces with a brand that has such a long standing within golf. Now I know Maxfly from back in the day. People like Ian Woosnam used to use Maxfly. Um, I think John Daly used Maxflies at one point as well. So, you know, they're an old brand, but they were taken over a bit like the Kirkland brand from Costco. Uh, but Maxfly were already on tour and they got took over by Dixon or bought out by Dixon. Now they're Dick Sporting Goods are making these golf balls. So she has switched from Bridgestone where she's been, I don't know, it's three or five years she'd spent with Bridgestone. Bridgestone won a big recruiting bid just before COVID. Uh, now, obviously, they got Tiger, they had Bryson DeChambeau, Jason Day. Day's just released a new sort of visual sighted Bridgestone golf ball. Um, but Lexi Thompson was one of those on the LPGA Tour. And she's now gone to Maxfly. I thought it was interesting that a brand that I know in America is doing really, really well. They're smashing it. And a lot of my golf spy reviews of their golf balls have gone down really, really well. But the rest of the world, Maxfly is kind of, meh. And it's interesting. I think Maxfly, if they could get a little bit more traction like this, they could have a really positive response around the rest of the world, not just in America. And that's the news for this week. It's been uh, interesting. I think it's been, been, been some good, some bad, some old, some new. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty fun. So, creme de la creme, tip of the week. Tip of the week for everybody out there. is uh, It's a little stat that I, I came across whilst listening to another show. Um, and they were talking about putting and putting that never up, never in sort of myth, debunking the never up, never in. And I've got to admit that never up, never in myth, um, basically meaning if you don't get the ball past the hole, it will never go in. This is, you know, on some level is true because the ball never gets to the hole. It won't go in. But from certain distances, and I think the stat that surprised me was tour pros from 40 feet have a range of 91 inches. They're on average 19 inches short or 72 inches long, um, which is a five to six foot range. So even tour pros are only trying to get their ball to somewhere between two feet short and four feet past. That's it. They have a six foot range. So if you take that six feet and you make it eight or 10 feet, so if you say two, two and a half paces from the hole from, from 40 feet is really good. 
And if you say two paces from the hole from 30 feet is even better. So my tip this week is don't think you're trying to hole this 40 footer or 30 footer or even 20 footer. You know, PGA Tour pros, I think from 35 feet, hole about 5%. And they're happy accidents. They don't hole a lot from outside 30 feet. So as an amateur, I don't see why from 20 and 25 feet, we should be expecting to hole those. Because the pros have a 12 or 15% hit rate, which isn't a lot. It's 12 or 15%. Not 20 and 30 or 40 and 50%, it's 12 to 15% from sort of 25, 30 feet. They actually hole. They're happy accidents. They're not trying to hole it, they're just trying to get it close. So I think for us amateurs, I think from 20 feet, if you can get it inside that six feet, you've hit a damn good putt. Stop trying to hole them all and certainly stop rattling them 10 feet past. Imagine, so walk beyond the flag two paces and then walk in front of the flag two paces. That's your target. Feel what two paces looks like or even visualize it. Stand by the hole and take two steps away from it and turn round and say, okay, I don't want the ball to go past here. If it's downhill, you know, severely downhill, you can look at it and go, well, the two paces you've stepped forward towards your ball, that's where you want to put the ball to. And then with the extra slope, it's going to take it to the hole. Be very, very conscious of this. So, you know, two paces either side of the hole from 20 to 25 feet, that's as good as you're going to get. You're an amateur. And even the pros are only holding about 15 to 15%. So don't try and think you're trying to give God a hole it. So the never up, never in, it's just a myth. You've just got to try and get it as close as you can. Six, eight feet is a perfectly reasonable putt from those distances. And I think that's about it. I think that's pretty good for this week. Thank you for listening. If you have liked the show, please let me know in the comments. Like, share and subscribe and pass this on to all the people you know who play golf. They might learn something, they might not. They might be interested in the news stories, they might not be. If you have been interested in any of the news stories, let me know what you think in the comments, send me an email. Is there anything you know, going on at your golf club? Do you know anybody who's cheating? Do you know someone who's got one of those little things that they can drop, always finds a golf ball, always finds a shot, and you're very suspicious? If you've got any golfing stories that you think would be interesting, let me know. I will put them in the show. But for this week, for episode number four, thank you very much for listening. Have a great week. I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.